Judges chapter 11. Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of an harlot, and Gilead begot Jephthah. Gilead's wife bare him sons, and his, son, his wife's sons grew, grew up and thrust out Jephthah and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Tob, and there got vain men to Jephthah and, and went out with him. It came to pass in the process of time, Children of Ammon made war against Israel, which that takes us back to the land of chapter 10. And it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. And they said unto Jephthah, Come and be our captain, that we may fight with the children of Ammon. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, Did not ye hate me, expel me out of my father's house? Why are ye come unto me now, when ye are in distress? The elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, Therefore we turn again to thee now, that thou mayest go with us and fight against the children of Ammon, and be our head over the inhabitants of Gilead. Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, If you bring me home again to fight against the children of Ammon, and the Lord deliver them before me, shall I be your head? And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, The Lord be witness between us, if we do not so according to thy words. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and captain over them. And Jephthah uttered all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. And Jephthah sent messengers unto the king of the children of Ammon, saying, What hast thou to do with me, that thou art come against me to fight in my land? The king of the children of Ammon answered unto the messenger of Jephthah, Because Israel took away my land, when they came up out of Egypt, from Arnon even unto Jabbok, and unto Jordan. Now therefore restore those lands again peaceably. And Jephthah sent messengers again unto the king of the children of Ammon, said unto him, Thus saith Jephthah, Israel took not away the land of Moab, nor the land of the children of Ammon. But when Israel came up from Egypt, and walked through the wilderness under the Red Sea, and came to Kadesh, then Israel sent messengers unto the king of Edom, saying, Let me, I pray thee, pass through thy land. But the king of Edom would not hearken thereto. In like manner they were sent unto the king of Moab, but he would not consent. And Israel bowed in Kadesh. Then they went along through the wilderness and compassed the land of Edom and the land of Moab and came by the east side of the land of Moab and pitched on the other side of Arnon, but came not within the border of Moab, for Arnon was the border of Moab. And Israel sent messengers unto Sin, king of the Amorites, king of Heshbon. And Israel said unto him, Let us, we pray thee, let us pass, we pray thee, through thy land unto thy place. But Sion trusted not Israel to pass through his coast. Sion gathered all his people together and pitched in Jehez, and fought against Israel. And the Lord God of Israel delivered Sion and all his people into the hand of Israel, and they smote them. So Israel possessed all the land of the Amorites, the inhabitants of that country. And they possessed all the coasts of the Amorites, from Arnon even unto Jabbok, and from the wilderness even unto Jordan. So now the Lord God of Israel hath dispossessed the Amorites from before his people Israel, and shouldest thou possess it? Wilt not thou possess that which Chemish thy God giveth thee to possess? So whomsoever the Lord our God shall drive out from before us, them will we possess. And now art thou anything better than Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he ever strive against Israel, or did he ever fight against them? Well, Israel dwelt in Heshbon and her towns, and in Ar and her towns, and in all the cities that belong, belong by the coast of Arnon, three hundred years. Why, therefore, did you not recover them within that time? Wherefore, I have not sinned against thee, but thou doest me wrong to war against me. The Lord the judge 
be judged this day between the children of Israel and the children of Ammon. Howbeit the king of the children of Ammon hearkened not unto the words of Jephthah which he sent him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he passed over Gilead and Manasseh, and passed over Mizpah of Gilead, and from Mizpah of Gilead he passed over unto the children of Ammon. And Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord, and said, If thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon into mine hands, then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the children of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. So Jephthah passed over unto the children of Ammon to fight against them, and the Lord delivered them into his hands. And he smote them from Ur, Ar- Ar- even till he thou come to Mineth, even twenty cities, in, unto the plains of the, of the vineyards, with a very great slaughter. Thus the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. And Jephthah came to Mizpah unto his house, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dances. She was his only child. Beside her he had neither son nor daughter. It came to pass, when he saw her, that he ran his clothes, and said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low, and thou art one of them that troubled me, for I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. And she said unto him, My father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto the Lord, do to me according to that which proceedeth out of thy mouth. For as much as the Lord hath taken vengeance for thee of thine enemies, even of the children of Ammon. And she said unto her father, Let this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months, and I go up and down upon the mountains, and bewail my virginity, I and my fellows. And he said, and he, and he said, Go. And he sent her away for two months. And she went with her companions, and bewailed her virginity upon the mountains. It came to pass at the end of two months, that she returned unto her father, who did with her according to his vow, which he had vowed, and she knew no man. And it was a custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went yearly to lament the daughters of Jephthah, the Gileadite, four days in a year. I've titled this message, Cast Out by Man, Accepted by God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for this opportunity to look into your word once again this afternoon. We pray that we look into this passage of scripture that you'd encourage our hearts and strengthen us and challenge us, Lord, as we... Uh, look at some things, uh, characteristics of this man, Jephthah. And uh, Lord, I pray you should help us and just encourage us, speak to our hearts. May you be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's one of those stories, you might say, of a man who had a bad start, but didn't stay that way. Um, you know, he was, he was, I want to look at some characteristics about this man, Jephthah. By the way, this Jephthah is listed in the who's who in the Bible. Hebrews 11, verse 32, along with, along with Gideon and David and Samuel and Samson and all those. Um, but I want to look at some things about him. First of all, uh, you know, of course, we know he was cast out by his brethren, but he was he was a man who adored affliction. In verses one through three, the, now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, and he was a son of an harlot. And Gilead begot Jephthah, and Gilead's wife bare him sons, and his wife's sons grew up, and they thrust out Jephthah, and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Tob, and never gathered vain men to Jephthah and went out with him. So he's, he's, the, he's the son of an harlot, or what the Bible calls here a strange woman. 
you know, or or you might say a concubine or inferior wife, and he's and he's cast out of his father's house. He was thrust out. It means the word thrust out there means to drive out or drive away. Um, you know, Gilead's other sons to his his wife uh, drove him out. Uh, he was he was also disinherited. Uh, it says in verse three, then Jephthah fled from his brother and dwelt in the land of Tob. So he's disinherited. He's forced to live in a foreign land. Tob, which Tob means good or pleasant, uh, it's northeast of northeast of Gilead and and north of Jordan, which which is Ammon. Ammon is, is modern day Ammon is Jordan. If you want to know your your um, geography geography, I guess is anyway. Uh, which would be the east of Israel. Uh, and so it was north of there and uh, south of Syria. It's this land of Tob is where this is located. So he was, he was disinherited, driven out of his own land. Life was hard for him. It was unfair. And it was not his own choices that he had to endure these afflictions. But I got news for you. That's life. Kids used to say, "Dad, that's not fair." I had a you know famous saying. Welcome to real life. That's the way life is. Life isn't fair. Your life in your life in this sin cursed world is not fair. It's not easy. We have to endure inflictions. Job five seven says. Yet man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. You know, David, you know, this, this is kind of, there's some similarities here between, between him and David. David, you know, you know, he was driven out of his own land and you know, had to flee for his life. Though he was anointed king, yet he suffered similar things. Had to, had to live in a strange land. So he, he endured these afflictions. Uh, but, nevertheless, the Bible calls him a mighty man of valor. In verse 1 it says, Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of a harlot, and Gilead begot Jephthah. Now the word mighty means strong, or it has the idea of a champion. Uh, valor is a, is a similar word, but sometimes it's translated army, or power, or wealth. So he was a man of, somehow a man of means, of wealth. Uh, he was a leader of men. You know, verse 3 tells us that, that vain men were gathered unto him. Where it says there in verse 3 that Jephthah fled from his brother and dwelt in the land of Tob. And there gathered, were gathered vain men to Jephthah and went out with him. Now the word vain means empty or worthless. Now, that doesn't sound very good, but that's what it says about David too. Vain men gathered to David. Now these, keep in mind, these are not the same kind of men that followed Abimelech. Or that Abimelech hired. For, for example, look at chapter 9 and verse um, 4. Chapter 9 verse 4. And they gave him threescore and ten pieces of silver, that is, they gave to Abimelech, out of the house of Baalbareth, wherewith Abimelech hired vain and light persons which followed him. 
So the word you got the word vain there, but the word light means wanton, reckless, or lawless. So these rascals that followed Abimelech had no respect for law. But these that followed Jephthah were just, they, they didn't have anything. That's the idea. They didn't have anything. Now, again, understand the context we're talking about here. The context is chapter 10. Israel has been in bondage to Ammon and the Philistines 18 years. They are, they are uh, pillaging the land and taking whatever they want. And so there would be many people who would have lost everything and would have nothing. You're just like Gideon, hiding. You know, you know, uh, um, you know he was, uh, yeah, what's the word I want? I can't think. Winning barley and hiding it because of the Midianites. Uh, they were poor. They didn't have anything. So there would be a lot of people who have lost everything, and these, probably some of these, would follow Jephthah. After all, you know, it seems due to his afflictions, you know, he, he is not part and parcel to the apostasy that's in the land. You know, with the worship of the false gods. Notice in chapter 10, verses 6 and 7, it says, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam and Ashtaroth, and the gods of Syria, and the gods of Zidon, and the gods of Moab. We heard about Zidon Sunday school this morning. That's where Jezebel was from. And the gods of the children of Ammon, and the gods of the Philistines, and forsook the Lord, and served him not. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines, and into the hands of the children of Ammon. So so they were sold. But, but, uh, But here he is. He's a mighty man of valor. He's a man... That that has power in in um, in chapter ten verses six and seven, uh, and, you know they they recognize that it says and they said unto Jephthah, come be our captain that we may fight with the children of Ammon. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, did not you hate me, expel me out of my father's house? Why are you come unto me now when you are all in distress? So the people of the land were in great distress. I'm sorry, uh, that's the wrong verse. Um, yeah, verse, verse 9 is what I was looking, verse 9 was looking at. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, If you bring me home again to fight against the children of Ammon, and the Lord deliver them before me, shall I be your head? You know, so here Israel has apostatized. They are worshiping these false gods. And of course, they've cried unto the God, and now they're looking for somebody to, to lead them. And they, and, they, and they come to Jephthah. But it seems evident that, that Jephthah got his power and his strength from the Lord. He still recognizes the Lord as the Lord. Verse 9. And verse 24. Look again, verse 24. Wilt not thou possess that which chemist thy God giveth thee to possess? So whomsoever the Lord our God shall drive out from before us, them will we possess. He said, God gave us this land, and whomever God uh, helps us to drive out, or shall, God shall, you know, he didn't say, he didn't say helps us. Whosoever our God shall drive out, that land we possess. And so, he was a mighty man of valor. But not only that, number three, though he's a mighty man, he's a mighty man of valor. He's a man, uh, uh, it seems, a fierce fighter, 
yet he is a peacemaker. Notice verses 5 through 11 again. And it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. And they said unto Jephthah, Come and be our captain that we may fight with the children of Ammon. Now, what have they done to him? They have thrown him out. You're the son of a harlot, and we are not having you inherit in our father's house. You, 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 they ran him out of town. They ran him out of the country. And now they come to him, and, and, uh, and Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, Did not you hate me and expel me out of my father's house? And why are you come unto me now when you are in distress? And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, Therefore we turn again to thee now, that thou mayest go with us and fight against the children of Ammon, and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, If you bring me home again to fight against the children of Ammon, and the Lord deliver them before me, shall I be your head? And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, The Lord be witness between us, if we do not so according to thy words. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and captain over them. And Jephthah uttered all his words before the Lord in Mitzah. You know, he, he did not he did not seek revenge. Just acceptance. You know, he says to them, if I, if I risk, you know, really what he's saying is, if I risk my life and God gives us victory, will I be cast out again? Will I be cast out again? So he, he seeks a peace agreement with his brethren. And, of course, he gets it. He also, he also sought a peaceful agreement with, the Ammonite, with Ammon. Uh, verses 12 to 28. You know, he gives this history. He gives, you know, Ammon has, is, a, is a history reviser. He's changed history to suit his own needs. You know, sort of like we're, we're experiencing in our nation today. People are revising history to, 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 to promote their own agendas. But uh, Jephthah uses negotiations first before actually going to war. He tries to seek a peaceful agreement. You know, he sends the king of Ammon and corrects their history vision and said, if, if it is yours, why did you wait 300 years to, to, to take it back? And furthermore, we didn't take it from you. We took it from the Amorites, a different group of people. In fact, God forbid them going through um, uh, Ammon and Moab and taking their land because they were of the children of Lot. You know, they're really blood relatives. So, so, so he sought a peace agreement. You know, the Bible says in Romans twelve nineteen, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, uh, neither give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. He did not seek to punish those who offended him. There are many verses in the Bible. Psalm 120, verse 7 says, I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Romans 14, 19. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. Uh, James 3, 17 and 18. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable. Gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. 
And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Psalm 34:14. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. First Peter 3:11. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. In uh, Romans 12:17 and 18, uh, as much as it's possible, the Bible tells us, we're to live peaceably with all men. As much as possible. And so, he was a man. Though he was a mighty man of valor, a man of, of war and means, a, a leader of men, a captain, a general, if you will, he sought a peaceful solution first. You know, there are times we must fight, but we must first seek a peaceful solution. Uh, And then, number four, he followed the Lord in a time of apostasy. And again, I mentioned this in chapter 11, verse 9. It says, And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, If you bring me home again to fight against the children of Ammon, and the Lord deliver them before me, shall I be, be your head? Uh, And then again in verse 11. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and captain over them. And Jephthah uttered all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. Okay, so he he says if the Lord, you know, he recognizes that it would be the Lord that would give the victory. And he, this agreement he makes, he consecrates this agreement publicly before the Lord in Mizpah, the Bible says here. Secondly, you know, he... He knew well the story of Moses and the history of Israel. Um, and again, I'm not going to read this for sake of time, but you know this this all the way from from verse 12 uh, down through verse uh, verse uh, 28. You know he he corrects the Ammonites' errant history of the situation. You know Israel under Moses had not taken the uh, the territory from, uh, from Ammon or from its territory, what it did do was defeat Sion, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan. Uh, and, and, and as I mentioned, God had, had warned Israel not to molest with Ammon. Uh, Deuteronomy 2.9 says, uh, 2.19 says, And when thou comest nigh over against the children of Ammon, distress them not, nor meddle with them, for I will not give thee of the land of the children of Ammon any possession, because I have given it unto the children of Lot for a possession. So he... He recognized uh, the words of Moses. He understood that. He knew that. And he consecrated his agreement publicly before the Lord. Knowing that, he was a man who, that kept his word. Now notice this verses 30 to 40. This is, this is, this is a, uh, a little interesting. But verse, verse 30 and Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou shalt fail, without fail deliver the children of Ammon into mine hands, then it shall be that whosoever or whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the children of Ammon, shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for burnt offering. And we know that, you know, if we read in the whole count, that what came out of the door was his daughter, his only daughter. So the question is, that commentators don't agree on, of course. 
did Jephthah offer her as a burnt sacrifice? Well, personally, I don't think so. Now, you might say, well, that's what the Bible says. Well, maybe. Here's the reason I don't think so. Again, commentators don't agree. Verse 31, the conjunction and is a Hebrew conjunction that could be translated or. Could be translated or. Uh, to do so you know, would be to sacrifice an abomination unto God. Deuteronomy 18, 9, 10 says, to sacrifice your children was an abomination to the Lord. You know, those are the things that, the reasons that God drove the people, the Canaanites, out of the land to start with. One of the reasons. You know, how could you offer a child to the Lord, uh, be a child sacrificer, and end up in Hebrews 11? I mean, that's a, I, I have a hard time believing that. Um, so, if you read it this way, where am I here? Verse 31. Then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the children of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, or I will offer it up for a burnt offering. So, it could be that instead of offering it up, he consecrated her, or she shall be the Lord's all her life. And again, why I believe that? Well, verse 37. She said unto her father, Let me, this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months, and I may go up and down upon the mountains and bewail my virginity, I and my fellows. That's her friends. Uh, so, so let me bewail my virginity. You know, again, what was, let me ask you a question. What was a great reproach to a woman in Israel? be childless be childless that was a great reproach to be childless and then add to that she is Jephthah's only child now carrying on your family heritage was something that was very important in Israel also So, you know, most, many of the commentators believe, and I, and I tend to agree with them, that what he did was she was dedicated to the Lord all her life, which means she never married. She gave up that privilege of marrying, of childbearing, and passing on the family name. So this would have been, this would have been, not only a sacrifice for her, but also for Jephthah. Again, it, it, think about this statement, verse 39. It came to pass at the end of two months that she returned unto her father, who did with her according to his vow, which he had vowed, and she knew no man. I believe that means that she... All her life, she never knew a man. She never got married. She remained celibate all her life. Hey, why would it say that if he offered her for sacrifice? That's obvious. 
So even though it came at great cost, and it did, this this vow came at great great cost. He was faithful to keep his word. You know, God warns us about making vows. Now, now uh, commentators also say that he could have probably, again, you know, Israel is in a state of apostasy. Uh, if they'd have been more spiritual, he probably would have got out of his vow. There was a way to you could you could redeem uh, uh, a vow you made. But but anyway, it, but go over to Ecclesiastes chapter five. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter five. God warns us to be careful about making when making vows. You know, God God's pleased if we make vows, but He warns us. He gives us some warnings about making vows. Ecclesiastes chapter five verse one. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God, for God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it thou shouldest not vow, that thou shouldest vow and not pay. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin, neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice, and destroy the work of thine hands? For in the multitude of dreams and many words, there are also divers vanities, but fear thou God. So so when we, we need to be careful when we make a vow. You know, don't make... Hasty vows. This was a mistake Jephthah made. He made a hasty vow. So be careful not to make hasty vows. Or vows based on convenience. But one other thing. Faithfulness is more important than the desires of our than our desires or our children's desires. Faithfulness to God. You know, you know, you know, she obviously was submissive to her father because she said, she immediately said, you know, whatever I was vowed, you know, we will do it. She was willing to do it. So faithfulness is more important than our desires or our children. But we need to be careful about making vows. But Jephthah was a man that kept his word. He, he, he did what he said he was going to do. He honored the Lord uh, in his vow. So, so here was a man. Though he suffered, though he was an outcast, though he endured inflictions, here's an example of what we find in Romans 8, 28 and 29. And that's, of course, you know, familiar for all things. And we know that all things work together for good to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So, you know, though he was an outcast, he endured the inflictions and allowed God to work in his life. He didn't give up. He didn't become bitter. He didn't quit. He didn't seek vengeance of those that offended him.
But one of the things we need to understand is usually it's times of affliction that bring us to God. Think about the book of Judges we've been studying. In the good times, what they do? They forsook God. And when there was affliction, then they cried to God. Isaiah 26, 9 says this, 9 and 10. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. When thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Let favor be showed to the wicked, yet will he not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Think about that. Let favor be showed to the wicked. You know, we hear all these politicians saying, we, need to, we just need to give these terrorists more money. I mean, if we were nicer to them, they'd, they'd change their ways. I mean, we need to let more prisoners out of prison. What the president's doing again. You know, let these people riot, and, you know, we just need to be nicer to them. Give them phones and whatever, you know. No, let favor be shown to the wicked, yet will he not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly, and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. There's an interesting verse, or phrase, which I have a hard time comprehending. I know, I'm, you know, my little brain. In Hebrews 5.8 it says this, speaking of Christ, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. You know, the psalmist said, Psalm 119, I think it's verse 70 or 71 or 72, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy precepts. You see, the best way for a person to really learn is through their afflictions, through their suffering, through the hardships. It's then that you really learn to trust God and depend upon Him. But the interesting thing is, I'm sure you've probably heard this saying, the same sun that melts the butter hardens the clay. Some may go through afflictions and it'll soften them. Others go through afflictions and harden them. It's all up to the individual. You see, Jephthah was a man who allowed his afflictions to bring him closer to the Lord and not drive him away. What kind of person will you be you know, sometimes, sometimes privilege is our greatest hindrance. Sometimes privilege is our greatest hindrance. He was cast out, but he was accepted by God. Uh, 
How about you? Let's pray.